before we get started, have you ever done anything like this? Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. This like is this. it? This is it. Yeah, all right. So go this big is, or go home, right? That's right. This is the maiden voyage. Here we go. Get on the cruise ship. Let's do this. All right. So, um, all right, so we have a couple of rules with this deal. Okay. And you have to abide by the rules. Okay, it's one rule. The only rule is, is there's no edits. There's no bleeping anything out. Whatever we record, we'll record to the end, and that's what goes out there. Okay. So watch your foul language. I, I will. <laughs> My son told me yesterday, he's like, Mom, you'll either rock this or totally it up. <laughs> he just sat there. All right, so, um, all right, so, uh, so, so the big thing I want to talk about is your upcoming conference, but I'm making myself save it for the end. Okay. All right, so let's go back. Um, because oh my God, that thing is huge. Yes. It is huge. <laughs> it is huge. You talk about go big or go home. Yeah, I jumped in both feet. Yeah. And it's just me. <laughs> Dove all the way in the George R. Brown convention yes. pool. Yes. Head first. All right, we'll get to that. All right, let's let's. Bet, I'm going to reverse engineer this thing. Okay. All right, let's go all the way back. And um, you you were a teacher. Yes. But how? Uh, um, just a couple of years. Uh huh. So I left the classroom um, mid year last year. Uh huh. So in, it's a a statement. I feel like coming from an educator um, when you lose a teacher in the middle of the year. Yep. So um, I come from. Um, a corporate background, so training and development and leadership uh-huh. um, on the oil and gas side and software side. And I left that in 2010 uh-huh. to follow my passion to be an educator. And when I got there, I could, I was challenged by the differences between corporate America and education. And um, there's no doubt that being a teacher is the hardest job I've ever had. (laughs) No doubt. Uh And um, it was definitely my calling. And I, I got in there and I had no idea how much it was my calling and how much I love kids. Yeah. Um, I love them so much. You're getting emotional just talking about it. (laughs) Because I I mean, it doesn't matter if they're two or 17. Like I, for some reason, I have something that can make me just wonder, what are you going to do to change the world? Like, I love you already. I can just feel your energy as a child. And, um, you know, I love the two to 17 thing because I think sometimes at the high school level, it's so hard it's look. I've been there. It's so hard to remember that that kid standing there that has a beard. He's yes. got a neck tattoo. Yes. He, you know, he's got earrings and he he uses adult language. He's had adult experiences. He looks physically like an adult, but that's a child. That's a child. And um, I think we get cornered as educators so often by policy and procedure and leadership that. We forget to be super present, especially with those kids, you know, and I feel like we should love our high schoolers like we do our second graders, but mm-hmm. prepare them for the young adult they're about to be, yeah. you know? That's funny. Like, like when I work with, I was, I was telling somebody yesterday and, uh, the, the secret behind my work at high school, I never say this out loud, 
if you're a high school teacher, principal, don't listen to this. <laughs> like what, what I'm thinking is I need to somehow revolutionize the culture inside of this, this school, this campus. So it runs like an elementary school. Yes. Yes. And I see it all the time, especially with my son, because he's in high school and, um, just some of the things that he comes home and says, and I, I think I wish they saw you as a person, you yeah. know, the person that you are yeah. and not just a kid in their class, you know, but so, um, what were you teaching third grade, mm-hmm. which was perfect for me because I like to kiss them on their little heads and uh, love them and yep. hug on them. So, um, I, I struggled with being cornered by, those things, the policy, the procedure and the leadership. And, um, and I wanted to be more of the cornerstone, you know? So, um, I reached a point where just the straw on the camel's back Mm -hmm. broke and I resigned and it was literally the most difficult decision I've ever made. And I miss them every day. It's, um, really difficult for me. Um, I'd say the hardest part of my current journey is, doing something for them that they'll never know to love me for, you know, because I, I mean, they're the core of everything that I'm working on and doing, but I'm reaching a different audience to get to them and they'll, they'll never know it. So Mm -hmm. no matter what the teachers or the leadership take back that impacts their kids, they don't know where it came from. Yeah. I was talking to my friend, Kim Strobel, who's also an amazing uh, presenter and keynoter and puts together unbelievable um, happiness, teacher happiness. And she's awesome. Right. And um, we were talking about that. And that is like selfishly, just like you, probably all of us that do this is we miss that relationship. We miss being a direct everyday interactive part of the metamorphosis of a child Mm -hmm. like that nine months that we have them and see that and be a part of that. But the trade off is, are you willing to give up that to make an exponential difference through other teachers and the work that they do when they go back in the classroom where you have, you have to, you have to give it up and say, okay, I'm making a deal. You know, here's a deal (laughs) with the devil. I won't, I'm going to give up that part that I love and that I need desperately in order to have a bigger impact. Mm -hmm. Hopefully. Yep. Sometimes I take it out on the children at Target because right. I'm like, "Hey, what's your name?" And my mom and Hunter's like, "Mom, you don't have teacher tattooed across your forehead. That's a little weird. Don't do that, you know." So. But but at least you got your 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 t-shirt figured out. That's your t-shirt line right there. Don't be cornered, be the cornerstone. Yes. Done. Done. Yeah. All right, so you're teaching and and because of who you are and what you wanted, you thought there might be a better way to making an impact yes. for you. Yes. And then you stepped into this whole journey, man. Yes. Oh. So um, I started with um, producing um, Genius Power Productions. That's the name of my company. Right. And so um, I looked at um, really what was hard about being a teacher, you know, and the, and the pressures of being a teacher and then even the distractions. And so um, I created a student development. And so much like we have professional development for teachers, I have student development. So I come on campus and they go through a workshop style mm-hmm. um, to reinforce a concept that they struggle with and help them get mastery and things to help them grow and, and, and take it back to their classrooms. 
Um, I also have one on social emotional learning for the kids and servant leadership for the kids. But then I created the professional development side to help um, really strike with leadership Mm -hmm. and servant leadership and education. Because I think that that ultimately is what took me out of the classroom. I feel like how you are with the one teacher that drives you the craziest, right? As a leader, how you are with that teacher, that one that makes your skin crawl or comes by your office five times a day or is so innovative you can't wrap your head around it. Right. How you are with that teacher is where you're that's that's where you are in leadership. Right. Because it's not how you treat the teacher that is your favorite. It's right. how you're treating that teacher that is driving you crazy. Okay, this is powerful stuff. <laughs> let me let me take it one the next step. Okay. Here's the next step deeper. So one of the things I do oftentimes when it, it depends on the leadership organization at a school. And I will ask them, think about your most challenging teacher. The one that drives you nuts. Don't say their name because you don't have a principal, assistant principal, right, you right. know, a group of 10. Don't say a name. Just get that person in your head. Close your eyes. Get the person in your head. Visual. Okay, here they are. You're, at, you're, you're in your office. You're in the doorway, and you, here they come down the hall. They're making a beal. They're walking with intention mm-hmm. towards you. <laughs> and what, 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 think, think about what do you do in that moment? And I get answers like I close the door. I roll my eyes. I, I, I roll my eye. I pick up the phone. I pretend I'm on a phone call. Mm-hmm. I, you know, yeah. I, I, I jump into a meeting. I get on, you know, they have all these things. And, and what I say to them, what, it, how you respond to your most challenging teacher, you have now set the standard of your expectations, how you want your teachers to respond to the most challenging kids. Yes. Yes. But not only that, they, everybody else, this is school culture built right around that teacher because as soon as another teacher sees you treat a teacher like that, you've lost honesty, you've lost trust, you've lost lost your culture. And then you're not just stressing out that teacher because that teacher is going back to their team stressed out and then they're taking it out on their kids. So that is your element of leadership. That is where you grow from. Right. You know, so, and um, and you know what, like I'm a a realist. I know that in some schools there's a teacher on campus that has no business being a teacher. I get it. I know it. I understand it. However, what I also believe is we are going to support and train and do everything we can do. I'm not saying we're not writing up and we're not documenting. If we have to, if we have to go, they have to go. That's okay. Yes. But until the last day when they have their shoebox full of their, you know, <laughs> their their stapler, their tape dispenser, walking out to the car for the last time, and we're going to love them and train them and develop them all the way to the car and wave goodbye and wish them the best of luck. So I say, serve them out the door. Yep. So, because don't push them out the door because that is the mentality that so many leaders have. I don't have time for this. I'm going to make your life miserable until you just want to leave. And if you serve them out the door, you have served your entire campus and the kids along the way. And you have grown as a leader. And the the truth is I've seen it. Like I have seen it firsthand that they, okay. I saw it in reverse where I worked at a school that had a huge demographic change started out, built a new school, upper middle class kids, probably average home prices, maybe 300,000. Mm-hmm. Those kids are coming in and, th- and this school was built in a field. And then over the next few years, it was miles from a neighborhood. Over the next few years, you saw the billboards coming up, coming soon. Mm-hmm. KB homes from the seventies. Mm-hmm. And then we had apartment complexes and government housing building. And it, the demographic within two years, it was deep title one. I mean, it was 80% free and reduced and, 
and it was a whole and those teachers um not not all of them but there was a few that could not shift and, their mindset and i hated those people until i remembered wait a minute i used to love them they were great they, they just have the wrong kids these aren't yeah. your kids right the, the, those are kids what i just want people to know it's okay to be self-aware and go find your kids you, you were great with those other ones right they go to that school <laughs> well and i'll never forget being on the playground um at our school and um one of the teachers saying this isn't my job you know and and they were just stuck in a really frustrating moment with a kid that was acting out yeah. and i shouldn't have to be doing this you know well it is our job because we need to i mean this is our whole world i mean that's the way i look at them they're just they're our whole world yep and so whatever we can show them and teach them and love them you know it to each other and to our team and and through our leadership we have to build that mentality that takes out the competition between the two of us and the and the step ladder between leadership and teacher and really learn to collaborate and be on one team yeah so. let, me, let me get a couple of things there because i've always wanted and you're the perfect person to ask about this um and, and the first is yeah like on the playground so my thought always is it doesn't even matter what it, look, it doesn't matter what class it is. I don't care if it's PE, if it's lunch, you're changing classes in the hallway, you're in class teaching language. It doesn't, it's using that time as the vehicle to make a difference in this kid's life. Mm -hmm. You can call it whatever you want, call it recess, doesn't matter to me. Or you can call it AP physics at the high school. It's the same <laughs> thing. Like I'm using that time and those moments and whatever we're doing to, to have an impact on who this kid is becoming. Mm -hmm. And that's just not the teacher, but everybody on campus, because man, I, I, oh, I get, I just want, I have seen, you no, know, that's the thing about traveling the country and visiting these schools. I like, there are people in schools, they say, oh, I'm not a teacher. I'm just a paraprofessional. That is the best educator on the campus. Yes. I've, I've seen it with my own eyes. She is, I've seen a school secretary that might be one of the best teachers I've ever seen. Yes. I've seen, I, I was at a school in Louisiana. The custodian was voted by teachers. Teacher of the year. Wow. Because don't, like, that's when you have it figured out. When everybody gets it, like, it's up to me. There should not be a single adult on campus that is not considered an educator. It, so that, it's everything. All right, now, here's, here's what I want to ask you. I, I don't know if this is true. I, I tell people it's true, but I just, because I, I, like, I think it is, but it might be not. I don't know. I really believe, it feels to me that's true that education is weird in the way that there's an us versus them mentality. Well, there's when, when you start as a student, there's us and them, those teachers. You become a teacher, it's right. us teachers, those kids, those principals, those administrators. You become an administrator, it's those kids, those teachers, those central office people. Yes. And, th and then you get the gold tag and walk around the central office, <laughs> which is so strange. Like people forget their name and there's like seven people in this office. And you're well, like, and those teachers, those schools. The so this us then, there's a, there seems to be a lot of times, and it just set up in the hierarchy of leadership, a, a line, a division. So I, I feel like in the way that my servant leadership platform is set up is that we, we recreate that pyramid and we put our students at top and, yeah. and then we start reevaluating where we are in leadership that serves the kids. Yeah. And um, until you take that piece out, we're not going to get anywhere. Yeah. You know, we're not. And and um, I had an administrator one time tell me that she, as a teacher, had another teacher that she didn't get along with. And she's like, 
I guess it was more that that teacher, she didn't feel like that teacher connected with her. Mm-hmm. And so she's like, I went and intentionally found one thing that I could have in common with her. And I built that over and over and over again until we became friends. And so there has to be an intentional effort. Even as an educator, you have to lead because your kids are listening to every conversation you're having in the hallway, yeah. every passing, Gesture, every eye roll. Yes, yeah. they see it all. <sighs> that, all that, yeah. <laughs> Even your body language walking down the hall alone, they see it. And so I think that you just have to, you have to take ownership of that. And I know that you're so busy and you're in the trenches and there's so many demands that are being placed on you to meet and deadlines that even that frustration may have nothing to do with the kids, Mm. but we have to, we have to put it in control and we have to lead by everything. And, and I'm, I'm saying it all, but not that I haven't ever been guilty of it. You know, I mean, the last few months in school was very difficult for me after I had made my decision. And, you know, there was, you know, no, no administrator likes it when you leave mid year. So (laughs) get the cancer out as fast as possible. Yeah. So, I mean, there was, that's hard, a hard place to be. And, um, if you've been in a school for a long time where you haven't felt connected, you have to take ownership of the fact that you are disengaged and every conversation that you're having is poisoning somebody else's engagement. And so we have to create an environment that changes that. And it's going to start with each person just yeah. owning it. You know, people always ask me, I say it all the time and I get it. It's way easier to talk about mm-hmm. than it is to make happen, but they always want to know what's the difference. Like those schools that I find around the nation that I I call them renegade schools. It's like statistical outliers. And I call them that because rules like, you know, influences don't really apply to them anymore. They're so good and so beyond like they could not get the grant. It's not going to change anything. They have, they have a shift in leadership. doesn't matter. They get a couple of psychopaths on the school board. It doesn't matter. They Mm -hmm. they just, poverty is unbelievable. Uh, Crime in the air, but some, but they, they're, they're beyond all those external influences. And everybody wants to like, what's the big, like, how do they do it? And that's the, that, I mean, what it is where in every other school, it's, um, they talk about school culture is the result of the principal. Mm-hmm. He, well, it, she's awesome. She came in, she's a whirlwind of positive energy, yeah. you know, she's a, or they talk about an initiative, a program that they bring into campus. But in those schools where it's uh, so awesome, what everyone says when they talk about school culture, they talk about themselves and what they're doing in the school. Mm-hmm. They are convinced a hundred percent that it's up to them and nobody else. It's up to me. And, it, and when that shift happens, I'm telling you, it is like it, people, it, it, it is so palpable. You can just feel the difference immediately. Well, and I think that in order to get there, there has to be some training of that skill set because there are two kinds of leaders, ones that have a natural ability to lead, and then you have the ones that have been put in the position. And if you go look at any of the universities and their administrative master's program, there's one class, one three-hour class on leadership. Yeah, That's it. And so you take somebody who's been in a classroom for 10 years, and then you say, oh, here's your school. Now you have 70-plus employees and 1,000-plus students and lead them. Don't just manage to keep your head above water, but now you lead them. And until we take time to really learn what our leadership style is, connect with that, the weaknesses, the strengths, and then 
um, I say accessorize it with servant leadership because there's so many different kinds of leadership styles, but we are in a service industry. And so you have to get to that point where if you're not a full servant leader, you need to be accessorizing your own leadership style with servant leadership. Absolutely. I think that because that is what sustains leadership and, um, all right. So a couple of things. One is, I don't know this to be true. I'm making this up again, but I tell people this all the time, acting like it's true. And that is, in, in the corporate world, there's so much training and development and mentoring and building in leadership till they get to the point. Can you imagine becoming a principal? Like you, you taught you taught for three or four years, became an AP for a couple of years, and now you're the principal. You have a hundred teachers, you've got over a thousand kids, you've got support stuff. You got you have transportation, you have healthcare on campus, you have food services, yeah, all that stuff going on at night. And to 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 be to be in a corporate position that would take years of years. growth and mentoring to develop someone to get into the budget. I mean, all that it's unbelievable. It is, and I always wonder why. I've never seen anybody just hired from the outside to be a principal, you know, and you wonder what kind of impact that might would have on a school just to have a true leader yep. with that kind of experience walk into a building and start managing it and leading it. But I have some cool ones. I've seen some cool ones in charter schools. That yeah. Are mind blowers. See, and I just think, I think that that would be a, a huge impact to have. But in the meantime, I feel like we have to really take ownership of providing the how in our professional development for the teachers, for the leaders, they have to go in. I mean, superintendents should walk into their administrative meeting and give everybody an index card and say, write down your leadership style. Just write down the name of your leadership style. I bet 90% of them don't know. No. <laughs> you know, and that's that's the eye opener you need right there to, you know, say, okay, we need to develop our leaders. Sure. And change the culture of our campus. And that, that, that servant style. I don't care what your style is, but that's a component for sure. Oh yeah. You know, and, and I, and here's, here's the unfortunate part. I think just because of social media, how it portrays, you know, images of, of people, it's the same thing professionally because you know, who gets the big story is like somebody with this crazy charismatic over, I mean, doing a hammish thing or, or now, or now we're break dancing, which in a Chinese school with kids lined up and line <laughs> dance. I mean, it's all this entertainment. And I think on some level, somebody's going to think, Oh my gosh, I have to be, I got to get tattoos. No. I gotta, you know? So I, I say that when I talk to kids, I'm like, so I'm going to take you back a little bit to my experience as a student. I never had anybody advocate for me. Um, I was an average, maybe below average student. And that's because I did barely what was necessary to get by because nobody paid any attention. And then I graduated, I went to college, I quit going to college, you know, and then I got a job and I built a career and then I had a baby and then I realized, oh, I have to really take care of somebody now, you know, go back to college. I got my degree in my thirties. Kids have to understand that your journey doesn't have to stop the first time you make a mistake. You know, yeah. you, you if you didn't have anybody, find somebody. When you get older, especially our high school kids, you you have now have the ability to connect with somebody. So maybe you have to take that initiative to make the connection. But ki- we have to teach our kids that we just keep on going yeah. to get there. You know, and I think that that goes all the way into our culture of our schools. Like if with, if you just started leading. It's okay. And you might fail a hundred times, but we have to keep growing as leaders and educators can't, I 
can't stand it. And I talk to teachers all the time, but when I hear, I don't need to go to another planning or another professional development. I've been teaching for 20 years. Oh, because you, you haven't been teaching these kids for 20 years. I talked to an occupational therapist the other day that was telling me he sees kids all the time that can't hold a pencil because their pointer finger sticks out from holding the gaming console. Yeah, like that's yeah, yeah. so habitual now that they don't hold a pencil correctly. Yeah. That changes the way we teach. All the technology that's coming in changes the way we teach. And we have to just swing the pendulum back into the whole child. Yeah. You know, just um, that 20 year veteran in my mind, when I meet those, when, when, you know, when I meet those teachers, and they're not, there's not a lot, but they're out there. But in my mind, thinking, you might be a 20 time first year teacher. Yes. Yes. And I think that that's going to be the case forever now because everything is changing so fast. And, and if you're not trauma informed, if you are not educated in really what social emotional learning is, you're going to really struggle building relationships at this point. And without the relationships, we, I mean, everybody knows there's no academics. So, but you have to spend time in that knowledge and in that information to be com- comfortable with it so that you can apply it situationally to our kids. And we have to realize that their perception is their reality. So for me, I've experienced, you know, trauma in my life, but I am a, oh, you better watch this. Cause I'm about to, I'm about to kill it. You know? Yeah. So I'm like, that's how I, I handle it. Sure. You know, it's like, okay, what am, how am I going to tackle something big to make something of what just happened? And some kids, they haven't been taught how to overcome or how to even see through past just what happened to them. So yeah. we have to become informed on their perception because it's not the same. Your reality is not their reality and we have to serve their reality. And really that goes to our leaders too. You know, when we think about, our teachers, every single one of them is going through something. They're going through financial hardships, a bad marriage, an elderly parent and caring for them or a kid of their own that is struggling. And if all you're concerned about as as a leader is your perception, you're never going to lead them. Yeah. And I think in education, this might be the, um, the best example of how needed that is simply because the average teacher that comes into this, and I probably talk about this too much, but the, the average teacher that shows up day one, the reason they showed up day one to be a teacher is because school was awesome and they were excellent at it and had parents, two parents, they have great jobs and they, they went to college and they supported their kids and they went to games and the kid was in drill team or in football or whatever they're thinking. And they, and school was fun. And oh my God, all my friends are there. It's amazing. <laughs> it was just a party. And then they went to college and they did well there because that's what they do. They do what they're told. Mm-hmm. They do what they're told well. So they became a teacher and they show up day one in the classroom and they've got two kids like them. And the other 34 are nothing like nothing. that. And it's so hard to connect with that reality of that kid. This school sucks. I hate being here for a kid thinking, sitting there, rows and columns, staring at the back of some kid's head. <laughs> See, and I think that maybe that's why I'm able to connect with them because I come from that side. I mean, my parents are still married. They were amazing parents, great family dynamic. But in school, 
I just never had that connection, yeah. you know, and, and I never even had a teacher that um, really instilled that love for reading with me. And as an adult, I really still struggle. I have to read to study and I have to read to, to get where I want to be, but it's still like just not a love love for me. And so I work really hard to make sure that I find a way to give that to kids because that would have changed my life entirely. Sure. And, and, you know, now I know that. So I think I connect a little bit differently because I come from one of the, uh, the other 34 kids in the yeah. classroom, you know, so, you know, you know, a powerful experience for me, um, or two is when I first started teaching, it was a tiny town. And there, in that town, there's a lot of poverty. And um, it was a typical South Texas town that at one time, years before I showed up, they had the oil boom was happening. Mm-hmm. Every business was closed down except for like the laundromat was open. There's a, there was a, um, a Dairy Queen, of course. And then um, in a corner store, that was about it. And so there was so much pot, like, but I would have to drive through. I mean, the, the, I was I was immersed in lots of kids that were living in poverty or they, the kids that were growing up in a youth home that fed. And we had tons of kids that come into the, we grew up in the South Texas children's home. So my reality, so like, like I was forced and I was such a small town. I'm the only band director, right? It's just me. I don't have a department or right. to learn. So like I was forced. And then in addition to that, my next a few years later, when I was in San Marcos, we had a principal first day professional development did the thing where she put everybody on the school bus, every teacher, we didn't even go into the building yet put every teacher on the school bus and took us to the homes and we got off the bus and she showed us, okay, do you see that flag in that house? I remember she says that flag means that they have the tool that you need to turn your water back on. When the city turns it off, they have one of those tools that fits it and it'll turn it back on. So it's like a silent. Yep. That extension cord right there. Do you see it? How it's kind of buried. That means they have power and they're helping them out over there and like showed us all this stuff about what it is. And by the way, these are your kids. And she said, so you, when, when you assign them homework, I want you to remember the home from which they're coming to school. Yeah. Changed everything for everybody. It's powerful. Yeah. And, and, and there it was probably more visible, but we have so many kids that it's not. And I actually just went through this. I might get really frustrated with me sharing this on the air, but with my son, because, and I'll try not to get emotional, but (laughs) Um, with this journey that I'm on, we're making great sacrifices. I mean, um, it's just been him and I since he was one. So we've, you know, we've always just been pushing as hard as we can to, to make it and to, and to live in the, you know, with all the expectations that come with, um, bills and, and having a home and all of that stuff. But we just went yesterday, our heat got turned on. We just went 58 days without AC or heat. You know, we're counting how many days uh, we eat bean soup, yeah. <laughs> you know, and um, there wasn't a present under our Christmas tree, you know, this year. It was it was about our passion over our learning how to live for passion over money or yep. material things. And so I know that that was a hard for him. And so at one point I had a teacher email me and it ended up being a misunderstanding, but she emailed me and I wrote back and I was like, okay, but you have to understand he's one, a teenage boy to his mom's unemployed for lack of a better word right now, you know, according to her parents, yeah, <laughs> yes. it's a fine line between entrepreneur and unemployed. Yes. And, um, you know, I'm like, there are stresses in his life, 
you know, so you don't see it because he takes pride in how he looks. He gets up and does his hair every day and brushes his teeth. And, you know, he has decent shoes and his clothes fit. But that doesn't mean that when he comes home, we're not doing without some things, you know. So I think that we have to see, see what's not there in all of our kids. Every kid has a story. Yeah. Every single one. And fortunately, the last um, about 10 years of my career, I was a PALS sponsor. And what PALS is, it's a mentoring program where it's all seniors. At our school, it was all seniors. Some of the schools do junior seniors. I did all seniors. And we would go to elementary schools and mentor children. So they have a kid at each school. So they have a Tuesday kid at one elementary school that they see every Tuesday. They get you know about 38, 42 minutes you know, in, once a week and have a Wednesday kid and a Thursday kid. And so the whole – the whole, uh, you know, it was one lesson plan I wrote. Go change that kid's life. You got you got thirty minutes once a week with your kid. Now remember who would so so the counselor at the elementary school. No pals are coming. We've got you know twenty five of us, and so and they 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 pick the twenty five kids that needs a friend. Mm-hmm. One of the things we do before we ever travel to an elementary school is do a campfire at, in in the classroom, and we sit in a circle. We turn off the lights, put a candle in the middle. It's a moment for everybody to tell their story. And I tell them, this is the place that you won't be judged. You're just going to be loved. You're going to tell your story, whatever you're going through. And I want you to hear what people are going, because your kid is going through it right now mm-hmm. that you're about to get. And I said, you know, whenever you're ready, this is your safe place, man. This is your moment. And and a lady named Jamie Cunningham was with me in there. She's their the service specialist and counselor and amazing. And, and because of the stories that, it always starts with, I've never told anybody this. Mm-hmm. And they get it out. And so everybody knows. You don't. You just look. You can nod. We don't say a word. And when they're done, we all put our hand. We, they go to the center, put our hand on them, and we say, I love you. That's it. And if they want to talk about it, they can talk about it more with you. But we, we don't ask questions. Wow. We don't bring it up. We don't, and so this is weeks. This is probably four or five weeks into the school. We've done tons of trust and code of confidentiality, and we pinky swear this to the, <laughs> to, to the grave. And, um, and, and what I love about it is what I love about it is those kids now, when they think about, I would say, now think about who's in this class. We had 500 juniors apply to be a pal, senior pal. I picked, we have three classes, 75, 80 of us. Mm-hmm. I picked you. You, you. Some of you are the academic all-stars, but you just have a kind heart. That's why I picked you. Now, when you're walking down the hall, we have 5,000 kids in that school. Every set of eyes you look into, can you imagine what their story is when you're the best ones in the school? Can you imagine? And it changes their life forever. And wouldn't it be amazing if we could do that for every kid, give them that perception where they no longer just see their peers passing them in the hallway. They actually saw them yeah. as a story, you know, and, and, and a hidden story. And right. wow. Sorry. That got me like a little, yeah. because I just imagine like walking into my classroom and every day feeling like the end of your campfire where, you know, kid just walks through that door and that's their safe place. And, and they know in, in the, in their very core, how yeah. much you love them, you know, and, and that's what they need. That's and we know their story. Yeah. And now they realize that it's such it's such a connection on a deep level, you know, but, mm-hmm. but you know, the, 
looking back on it now, I can now there's things that are funny because I'm, it's out of it. But it, it is funny, like you know, the bell's about to ring. <laughs> and kids are getting it together, you know, they're all crying. They're like, all right, I gotta go economics. <laughs> you know? Like, what are you gonna talk about economics after that? You know, and um, or or they know, you know, we, we doesn't have it takes it takes about a week, right? Yeah. Here they come in on Wednesday. I don't know if I can do this today. <laughs> again. <laughs> well, right. and then, yeah, yeah, and then they go to the class that the teacher is not kumbaya, you know, and she's like, oh, right. save it for yeah. outside the door, and then you know, you almost lose a little bit of what you just gained. Yeah. So that's the the in, in my mind. Um, you know, I'm I'm all about this this legacy of impact, and in my mind, you know, yeah, they have those people who, or even bosses, they're gonna have those bosses when when they have it. You know, you you leave that you leave that at the door. You don't bring that into the, you know, mm-hmm. uh, you know. There's no crying in baseball, that whole thing. But it's it's imprinted now in that kid's DNA that everybody has a story. And my hope is when I, when the boss or the teacher says that to them, they're thinking, thinking man, wow, you got a heck you of a, got story. a story, don't you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. My, my I had a boss. Um, he was probably my biggest mentor. His name is Aaron, and he was amazing. A man of few words, but could lead like crazy, right? And um, he used to call those light post conversations, and he would take you for a beer after, <laughs> you yeah. know, after work and say, okay, what's really going on, you know? So, yeah. Which was powerful as a team to know that you're doing your work at work, but at the end of the day, he's going to make sure you're okay and taken care of, you know? Yeah. So it was pretty cool. I've had those bosses. I love, um, the principal I had who, uh, he said, Hey, when, when he said, we asked me what time I was going to leave school. I said, I don't know. It'll be late. He was maybe at my truck. Okay. Like, how's he know? <laughs> like, like, and so, and, uh, I looked out and his truck is parked right next to my car and he's sitting on the tailgate. It's dark. We sat there and we talked for I don't know probably two hours. Yeah, and that was power. It's, it's, it's a, powerful. Oh my! It changes. It changes who you are. Yeah, it changes. It, it's not just changing what you do. It, it change it, when it, when it has such an impact on who you are as a person. It affects how you think and how you structure lessons and conversations and why and you get connected with why you're there for those kids. Mm-hmm. It's everything. And like you said, you know, I I, I really believe. Um, it's not just teachers or in schools. I really believe in every industry, in every corporate industry, everyone. I know some of them you would never imagine, but I believe everyone inside of them thinks. I know that they want to have the feeling of being an influential person in the lives of others. Deep down inside, everybody wants someone to talk about them 30 years from now yes. and say those words. Yes. He was an amazing mentor. Yeah. Everybody wants it. Everybody wants it. Yeah. And everybody needs it. And it's just, are you... Are you willing, you know, to sacrifice some humility sometimes and humble yourself or swallow your pride, you know, to show some vulnerability? Because usually that's what it takes to get there. You're going to have to be vulnerable. And I think that people are very afraid of that. I think you're right. You know, I I always talk about that. Like, like that is the vulnerability is the limiting factor for so many examples of leadership, where it's classroom leadership as a teacher or campus leadership. You know, where one of the things I talk about in my Teaching a Rockstar event, and we dig down deep into, is helping teachers connect with what the real lesson is of their classroom. Like, these kids are going to forget all this stuff. Mm-hmm. We, we forgot it before, but now they really forget it because they don't need it. They have a phone with every bit of information <laughs> that was ever – it's on the phone. You're right. So, like, what's the real lesson when, when, when you, you're, 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 your kids are thinking about you decades from now? 
What is it that you want them to talk about? You know what it was about her in that classroom? You know who I became today because of her? It's because I learned that. What is that? But in order to do that, like for a leader to do that, and I recommend every principal do that with it, they have to be able to go there emotionally. Because mm-hmm. as deep as they're willing to go, that's where their teachers will go. And oftentimes they're too afraid to let down the, the guard. guard of, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm the, the principal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. When truly what crazy effective leadership happens is when that, that veil is let go. And they can see who they really are. And I laugh because it's the one of the big differences between um, corporate lifestyle and education <laughs> that you can use to your advantage if you're really good is that if you have a role and you want to push boundaries in corporate and you have a boss that's not really a big fan, you know, you can wear the wrong color shirt to work and they can terminate you, right? It's right to work state. So, sure. you know, you're here on your own free will and I'm letting you be here on my own free will. So, but in education, it's a lot harder to yeah. dismiss a teacher, right? So you can use that because at the end of the day, if you're successful and you plan and you're, and you're making calculated risk to do what's right for kids, at the end of the day, what are they going to go say? Right. She's saving kids. I don't want her on my campus anymore, you know? Yeah. And so if you're, and then if, if you're being vulnerable as a leader and you see that happening and you're saying, okay, she's pushing boundaries, but man, if I serve that a little bit, where's that going to go? Yeah. You know, what's really going to take off on my campus? And so, you know, we have to, you can, teachers that are maybe a little afraid to try something new, what's going to happen? Right. <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, as Hamish says, you're not going to break anything, you know, but what are they going to do if you're really doing what's best for kids? Yep. What are they going to say? Yeah. Go do it. You know, I love so some of my favorite principals, um, you know, like, like Rob Carroll is one of them. He's at the 1199 in uh, Henderson, Kentucky. And, you know, that he's like, like in my mind, he's more of an educational entrepreneur on campus and he's driving other entrepreneurs on campus and like, you know, really fostering ideas and nurturing ideas and, and empowering and give them an opportunity to run with that and build that. And let's see what, I don't want to see what happens. Right. You know, I think often we, we get, we get, we get caught up as, all right, here's the program we're doing this year and this is what we're sticking with and we're going to make this thing happen. And if it's not a good fit, they keep, they try harder and the harder and harder and now yeah. they're grinding. Well, I think, I think it's okay. Like, Hey man, let's, that's not working. Let's try something new. No yeah. one's having fun here. This is right. this is not for our school. I'm sure it worked out for that school, and that's awesome for them. But it's not a good fit for our culture and our family and our campus. Let's scrap that and start over with something else. And if you force it, it's not gonna. It'll never work in the classroom because yeah. if the teacher doesn't believe in it, then the kids aren't gonna. They're not gonna bite at all. You know, I remember um, at one planning meeting, and I, you know, obviously I'm one that doesn't mind pushing boundaries, but at one planning meeting. Um, I went in and I had written down because there was like, we all need to be doing this and this and this, and it needs to be 30 minutes and 15 minutes and 20 minutes and this. And so I said, okay. So I, I took a bunch of note cards and I wrote down everything that we had to do on a note card and it's time allotment. Right. Yep. And then I went into my planning meeting and I said, okay, here's the core pieces with the big time. And, and then I pulled out a stack of about 30 other note cards and this is everything else I'm supposed to do in one day. So don't 
you know, I, I'm not accounting for any behavior problems or disruptions or school programs or anything like that. Can you please tell me where to put all yeah. of this right here? Can you help me? <laughs> so, so I'm not Just sure. Just help about me with the logistics here. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and so you really, if you do that, if you can make a visual and think, even if you're struggling with, okay, well, you're saying this and you're saying this, let's look at it in one big piece. What is our core pieces? What fits our mission? What fits our kids? And maybe weed out some things visually if you're not one to just take feedback. You know, yeah. so. you know I, went, I was at a school and it was, had, it was taken over by a new principal, a new leadership team. And they, they came to a uh, you know, very servant-style kid-focused, teacher-friendly leadership team that they put together, which because the old guard was like they had – the teachers had uniforms. Like the, what? Yeah, khakis, <laughs> blue shirt, yeah, name oh, tags. Man. Like the kid needed a name tag to know the teacher's name. Like this wow. is ridiculous. Wow. So they he wanted there to make sure that he, they, they understood that this is, this is kid-focused and teacher-focused and kid-focused first. So we want to organize this school in such a way that we serve kids the best way in everything we do. And the teacher's like, okay. So he says, principal says, let's get started. Where do we park in the morning? Is that best for kids? Let's look at that. Man. Where Now the buses come. Where do they pull up? Is that the best place? Let's really look at this. Some things were, some things, not, they're like, well, I can't believe we do that. Now you think about it. Right. Why do right. we do that? Because that's just the way it was. And somebody had a rule and just, and rules are weird, you know? Yeah. Rather yep. than let's look at these, some common core values that are going to, direct this place and how we run it and let's look at for everything we do okay when the bells ring for lunch when does that happen how does that happen and who goes first and why is that best for kids you know like everything and it changed everything about that school and also at that moment teachers like oh my gosh this is it i found it like yeah i'm never leaving right yes and when that happens and that's what i love is like people (laughs) there are teachers making jokes like plotting horrible things about teachers in that school because i gotta get in there (laughs) You know, I need to make sure I'm going to flatten their tire in the morning so they're late every day. So they're going to get fired. I'm getting in because there really are schools like that. Yes, and and it's hard for people to believe, but but when you find them and you visit them, it it, you realize what's possible. You know, like like as a band director, I thought I was amazing. I thought my kids were really really good. I thought my bands were good right until I stepped foot into when I left the tiny schools and stepped into Georgetown high school and that band made their first opening tuning note is like, Oh my gosh, (laughs) I had no idea. Like you can't do better until you know better. I didn't even know that was, those sounds were possible. And and when I became a past sponsor doing all that stuff, I thought we were amazing until I went and watched Chris Coble at Cypher high school and his group. Oh my gosh. I had no idea what was possible. Like, like what you can expect from kids until I saw somebody else and like, it's you know you know it's kind of like the old four minute mile like nobody knew you could do it until it did it and then everybody started being right. It's the right. same thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean until until we just believe in every kid and then our ability to reach every kid. Yeah. You know? And and I know so many teachers are um, they're overwhelmed and when you when you talk about like a social media platform like. Twitter or getting involved in Instagram or whatever, they think, I don't have time for that. I don't have time to monitor an account or whatever. I have grown 
exponentially just from my conversations really in chats on Twitter and reflecting on other people's mm-hmm. opinions and things like that. And it doesn't have to be that you maintain an account, but you can even just go there and sit and watch and watch, you yep. know, it's, the, I always say you can stalk on Twitter. It's yep. great because you can, you just click a hashtag and you don't even have to do it at the same time. The chat's going on, you know, you can go there and just really listen to superintendents talk or, you know, principals talk and mm-hmm. see what's really going on at different schools. And that's a great place for a teacher to build some confidence sure. before they go back to their administrator and say, look, I'm, I'm not crazy. This is going on out there in this great big world of education yep. and we're way behind or we're missing out or this is right. the next level for our school. And you, know, you, like, know. Like you can't do better until you know better. Right. And you know, when I take teachers to um, Heather Patterson and she's got a bunch of teachers signed up for your, uh, She's got 14 teachers signed up for Lamar? Your um, yeah, Lamar, yes. right? Over yes, super Ryan. excited. Okay, so like I visit there. you got to come with me. It's a, have you been? No, I haven't oh, been. It's, it's a mind blower. Okay. okay. Here's, my, here's one of my favorite things. I mean, there's, i got a thousand favorite things about the place, but my the biggest one I want people to see is how crazy and excited and over overwhelmingly, incredibly over-the-top excited kids can get and let them get crazy. And within minutes, they shut it down, and they're sitting in class learning, engaged, interactive learning. Within within three minutes, where they're in the gym doing their color out, pep rally, and kids are jumping mm-hmm. around, and they have team builders going on, and teachers are running around, and they they got grass skirts on, and feather boas, <laughs> and everybody's in color, and giant sunglasses, and top hats, and everything. Wow. All this craziness is happening. But when the bell rings, five minutes later, not one kid in the hallway. Not once, and, then, and, you, and you walk by kids, and there they are, learning, engaged, interacting in a lesson. It's it's unbelievable. Wow. And I think like it, I think it's almost counterintuitive. Like you almost have to see it to believe that it can happen. No, I believe it can happen. <laughs> I yeah. mean, I just you know, um, I think that they need it, and so they appreciate the fact that right. when you when you gift them what they need. They recognize it, and they, it's it's a respect factor too. You know, I mean, they know. Okay, you're respecting my needs, and then now I'm going to respect what you have in addition to right. give to me. That maybe isn't my favorite thing, like yeah. math, but I'm going to respect the process now because you did. And the in same. addition, man, it's still intense. Yes, it, there's, it's just a different intensity. Now they're intensely excited, but now they're intensely learning. It's still intensity. Yes, they're, they're just channeling it in a different. So we keep that going, and now push it here. And they're at the edge of the seat, engaged in the classroom, learning. Powerful. So I had a fully functioning um, third grade student choice self-paced classroom. So I was literally just the facilitator of all their activities. And um, they, I've never, it was the most powerful thing I've ever seen as far as learning goes. I taught them how to learn and then taught them how to read a standard and then they just kind of go and they decide how they're going to achieve mastery in that. And this is called Misty Malone Montessori. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But it, it it respected their need to explore, you Uh, know? And so it was high level excitement and, and engagement like that. You know, when you, I think when you just give them what they're, they're so thirsty for. Yeah. and, And a lot of times that's movement and freedom and respect they're going to dive into their academics like crazy. And just the fact that you you made a boy and got you like you own a boy. <laughs> I do own a boy. <laughs> the fact that you own a boy, that right there. Because like, that, that, like having that, like, like, 
that changes everything yes. about how you think about kids. Yes. All right. Now listen to this. When I went, one of my first, I think it's my first year as a teacher. I started in January. This is like March or something. I'm in a meeting with a parent and I'm saying something about a kid. Doing like, all right. He's in. <laughs> and she, she taps the table. She says, excuse me. I go, yeah. You don't have children, do you? No, not, not that it matters. I just went on and when I had kids, I was like, oh my goodness. She was right. Mm-hmm. I didn't get it because back then in my mind, it was all about parenting. And I didn't know they just show up like that. <laughs> <laughs> and by gosh, I've done everything I can. I promise. Right. Yes. And, and, and really makes you understand like personalities and, and just these, they're kids. And especially not the girls are different, but they are, but boys in a classroom locked in a room yes. and there's a window and oh my God, there's a tree. I just want to be out there. That's all oh, they I can think about. I could climb that tree. I could chop it down. There's so much I could happen I on wonder how many ants are on that tree. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And, and you're right. Just active and being active, engaged and moving and interacting. And, and so many of these kids are just deeply kinesthetic at that time. Yeah. yeah. And then we present them with this auditory and visual dominated lesson. Well, and if they're not, if they at home, they don't actually have any connections, then they're even starving for it because they know they have your attention for a long period of time. So if you don't give them that movement and that respect, then they're going to really, you know, be disruptive in that point. Well, I always say there's going to be movement. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? Might be a chair. Yeah. Do you want to direct it? Or they can direct it. It's up to you, right? All right. So at what point did you decide... <laughs> you rose up out of bed and thought, you know what I'm going to do? I'm holding a giant conference. I'm going to rent the George R. Brown Convention Center. Where, where, let's, where's my credit card? How do I do that? Oh, so I think. Well, I'll tell you how it happened, yeah. and then. Um, you know, we teach our our kids, We well, you know, and every inspirational quote that is out there right now is revolved around, it's okay to fail. You know, it's okay to struggle. It's okay to do all these things. And boy, did I. Yeah. I fell flat on my face. So it was this time last year. And I was, you know, kicking off this whole like genius power productions thing and my trainings and diving all in. And um, I was speaking at the teach conference, which happens in February in Houston. And I, um, I reached out to Todd Nesloni and I, and I was like, stranger from afar fan over here, you know, but I know you're not far. If you could come and just give me some feedback on my session, you know, Uh desperation all over the place. And um, he was booked that weekend but we, our conversation kind of grew a little bit and we were talking about, um, Dave and Hamish. And I was like, man, it would be awesome to have all three of y'all in the same place. I'm going to make that happen. And I'm just like that. I'm just like, yeah. jump in. And so within, <laughs> and really, I'm just going to blame everything that has happened on Todd. I'm all sorry, right. Todd, <laughs> because within minutes, Ryan had emailed me. He's the guy that does their speaking engagements and, and he was like, so want to look at some dates and what this means for you? And, and I was like, yeah, let's do it because I have to walk in faith yeah. in this and all of this, you know? And so, um, we got that going. And that first one was the genius power productions kickoff conference. And, um, I was at, I was doing everything I could to get it going. And I was at, um, my son's basketball 
um, tournament and I got a phone call and that was not, it wasn't going to happen, yeah. you know? And so, um, I had invested everything I had at that time, all in, all in. And, um, I'm not a crier, but I'm pretty sure my steering wheel is still recovering. <laughs> it was heartbreaking. Sure. And, um, I called my parents and I was like, you know, I don't know what to do. I'm never going to show my face in education again. This is humiliating, you know, and, and my mom being the sound of reason was like, you know what a small percentage of people actually knew you were doing this in the whole world of education. Like you're going to be fine. You know, you, yeah. you show integrity, you take care of what needs to be taken care of and, and you don't quit cause you're about to do something amazing, Misty. And so I was like, okay, well I have to wrap my head around this. So I was, you know, really upset for a few days. And I, I need to call your mom every day. <laughs> she's amazing. So I called and so is my dad. I mean, they've both just been a huge support system for me. So then I called Ryan and he was like, no, you're not quitting. You know, we believe in what you're doing. This is going to happen. Let's reschedule. Let's just give you more time to make it happen. And so I was like, okay, so we rescheduled and then we got bigger. So I was just a one day with three speakers and now I'm a two day with six speakers. Right. And, um, <laughs> all right. That was small. We failed on a small yeah, level. I'm, I'm going to fail. I'm going to fail big. I'm double down. <laughs> and I, oh, so when I, when I think about this conference, yeah. this is the, the, this is my element of loving people. I don't know. Right, because they will, they will never know <laughs> what went into this. But I want to give it all back. Like this is going to be the the thing that it's a it's a conference for all levels. Right, it's yeah. that one team mentality. So I don't care if you're an educator, a para, a new teacher. You've been there thirty years. You're in leadership. You're the superintendent. You need to come and you need to celebrate each other. Yep. Right, and then how not do it. And then put these, these guys of, I mean, it's Ron Clark, yep. Hamish, Joe Dombrowski, Kayla, Todd, Jimmy's on there and Jimmy, yeah. you know, and they are going to give them so much empowerment, so many ideas and motivation and all of that stuff. And, and they're just going to learn and grow as educators and be able to go out and really, do some great things for kids. So this goes back to my, man, I get to impact so many more kids on a giant level. Right. Yeah. But on top of that, I'm donating a hundred percent of the proceeds back to our classrooms. So, and now I'm not handing out $5,000 checks <laughs> here, go buy whatever you want. I'm being very intentional in, um, in my exhibitors. So every, um, every, exhibit that will be there will be a tool or resource that a teacher or school can implement on their level. So either a teacher can afford it or the school can afford it. There won't be district funding issues, but they directly impact student success and teacher support. Um, and then I have a voucher system. So if they do win a thousand dollars or $500 or $5,000, they can use that voucher system right there at the event oh, love it. and have the resources that they've been dying to yeah, have shopping spree yes. today, <laughs> today yeah. you know, you get to go to, I mean, cause most of them start school right after that, if not that Monday yep. and you know, not have to wait for budget to be released, not then get approval and then order it. And it's January before you get what you really wanted for your kids. Sure. 
And, um, and so I'm going to have that. And then the rest of whatever funds they may not spend there will go straight to their school for them to use in their name for their classroom, however they need to use them, but they'll go to the school and be dispersed through the teacher. Um, I just, I want them to know that while they're in the trenches fighting and doing everything and feeling cornered and, and somebody out there truly and genuinely loves them and is fighting for them and supporting them. And, you know, I mean, you've got to get professional development. You might as well get it somewhere with some really great speakers and you might be able to fund your classroom. Right. right? Yeah. Um, you know what it also is I love about what you're putting together is just time for them to come together and be in the same place at the yes. same time. You know, teaching is, I guess it's, I'm sure it's the same in other professions. I don't know other professions, but it's so hard to have conversations with somebody who's not directly doing right now what you're doing. It's not like you can come home and talk to your neighbor who's a banker. Yeah. Or that guy down the street is a welder. Like, what am I going to – he doesn't know. Right. And so it's times like this when it, when you're in the moment of inspiration and emotion because you have amazing speakers that those conversations can occur among those teachers. And, it's man, it's therapeutic and motivating, inspiring, and that's the real fuel. When teachers can get emotionally connected with each other. Yes. It drives yes. them. It does because you know that you have somebody else – just right there with you. And i that's really what I want it to be. I just want it to be a celebration of all of their hard work. So when nobody has said thank you all year, I'm going to say it. And I'm going to say it big, you yeah. know, and I just want it. That's that's what I want it to be. And over the next decade, I plan on donating a lot of money to our classrooms. That's what I want yeah. my impact to be, you know. Um, I don't know. It's really big and it's really scary and, you know. But you have to do it. I have to do it. I love it. I talked to some kids yesterday at the high school for performing arts, and um, I was speaking in in, uh, an anatomy class. (laughs) (laughs) And it was a great opportunity for me to do what I always talk about was using the content of the classroom to teach what you really want to teach. And so what I I really wanted to teach, it was was, was a lot. I mean, consistency, but but really wouldn't be passionate. And whatever that passion is, like you doing your thing, driven by the passion of it all. And also, like when you feel the fear, I want them to develop whatever that is in their mind and in their soul that drives them to do it. Because that's why I like now when I, when I think of something, the more it scares me, the more I have to do this. Yeah. Like I, I can't, like I can't not do it because I can't lay in the wake. I can't, I will, I, I will feel so. I will damage myself spiritually, like knowing that thing scared me to point. I, I wouldn't do, do it. it. Yes. And I, and it's, um, the whole journey has been eye opening on so many levels because, um, it's lonely. Yep. It's very lonely. And, um, and it's a lot of hard work. I do. This is what I do. I know it's so fun. <laughs> and no one's passionate about it, like you are. Right. So you're calling catering and you're calling services. Yes. And you're calling complete <laughs> Or when chairs. you email somebody and they don't email you back and you're like, oh my God, what did I do wrong? Because right. And I can say they opened it because be- I have a little yeah. thing. <laughs> because if you knew how important this was. Yeah. So that's the one thing that kills me. I made a post on my Twitter account the other day because I know I'm invested, but when I send out. So I'm trying to make sure that every teacher at least knows the event exists. Yeah. I'm not spamming anybody, you know, but I'm giving you the one email that says, here it is, man, making your dreams come true. Yeah. 
and then they block me. <laughs> and I'm like, I have your name. I could call your principal. Like, right. who doesn't want to go to this? Yeah. You know, I mean, who doesn't want to be celebrated? And if you're really in that place, you need to find your people. Right. You need to be there more than anybody else. All right. Here's the big <laughs> challenge. I know this is, and this is what. I know. So I host my teaching rockstar events around the nation, like a rent hotel banquet room, and teachers mm-hmm. come. I know. Oftentimes, I'm preaching to the choir. The people that come to my events, yes, hell, it's called teaching a rock star. They're awesome. They're rock stars. That's, That's why, why oh they're my God, there. This is for me. Right. I'm going. I don't get the people that need it. I get the people that want it. So now, what I do when people register, I beg them, like, hey, listen, I know there's somebody in your school. Every, if they're still teaching, deep down inside, they really want to be the most influential adult in the lives of kids. Yes. That's why they're still there. I know it's hard to see, but I know it's in there. Bring me that person. Yes. <laughs> That's exactly how I feel right yeah. now because I know when I get emails that, you know, or people post and it's like, this lineup. And, and then I think about the teachers that block me. And really, it's because... They don't even know who these guys are. Yeah. You know, they've probably never been on Twitter. They've probably yep. never um, looked for a new classroom management technique because they're just trying to survive and love kids, sure. you know? And so there's, it's so overwhelming that they really don't sometimes make the time for them. And really, to me, part of that is a self-care regimen. I mean, if you really found your people that supported you and helped you grow and loved you, yep. That is self-care right there, you know? So I really hope that people will kind of pull those people in because I'm always like, how do we bring these, this, it's like 57% of educators are not engaged in their job. Not that they're disengaged, but they're just doing what they have to do because that's, it's been so long and they're, they're just not loved like our kids need love. You know, we have to love them. And so I'm like, pull them in, let's get them there, you know? And so... Those yeah. teachers are the um, the ones that are um, not engaged. Those are the most interesting ones for me because I find oftentimes, you know, when I when, it, when I go to a school and I do my be the one thing, which is all about school culture, how like it's revolutionizing school culture in a single day. Mm-hmm. We're not doing a five year plan. <laughs> We're doing five hours. It's changing today. Yes. It's yes. going to change today. Right. And what it is, it, it's giving teachers an opportunity to do the fun, simple stuff. That they used to do, or we used to do. And I always say that, like, remember when this teaching thing was fun? Remember mm-hmm. that? <laughs> was, remember, remember those days? Yeah. It's going back to that and doing those simple little things of supporting each other and giving kids an opportunity to appreciate their teachers and teachers an opportunity to talk about how much they love their kids in front of their kids. In front of their kids. Yeah. And th- those are the moments that, that really change everything. It's, just, it's the tiniest little thing. Like, I was at a school uh, last uh, weekend. Magnolia, and they have a lot going on mm-hmm. already. Just after that one day, and and then also behind the scenes, there's nothing official we did. But behind the scenes, like I just saw on Twitter yesterday, um, a teacher and her kids love bombed another teacher. Oh yeah! So they snuck into the room, <laughs> you know, put up posters, I that. that's amazing, and sticky notes, and all kinds of beautiful stuff. But that's why those te- that like. Was it great for the teacher that got that received the love bomb? Yeah, I guess. But I'm more I'm I'm loving those kids that did it. Yeah, that took five minutes out of the class, write some beautiful notes on sticky notes, put some streamers in, and make a poster, put it up on the wall. How much better is 
the recipient going to be as a teacher? Awesome. How much better of a teacher is the one who, co- you know, p- contrived all this? Amazing. Right. But how much better are those students going to be now in those classes that they have the opportunity to appreciate and love on a teacher? It's amazing. It changes everything about a school. Yes, absolutely. And it, and it, and it can start just with the way we walk down the hall. You know, sometimes we walk down the hall and we got our heads down and we're thinking and we're going, but look up and acknowledge the t- other teachers that you're yeah. passing. Look up and acknowledge the kids that are passing. You know, be present and aware. Yeah. Even on the way to the copy room. It and really it, is. And it will make a difference. Everywhere. Yes. In the hall. I was, I was at another school and we, uh, one of the things we did, we changed, just changing the terminology of, they had a, it's a huge school and they had a seven minute passing time. We changed it to family time. Nice. So, what, like, what do you do to a family? You come out in the hallways. It's family time. You have seven minutes of family time. Yeah, I mean, we're going to the next class. We, we use the family time to get to the next class. Right. Changes everything. Wow. That one little thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, 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 and I know, like, in terms of culture, we think it's got to be this monumental master plan. It's not, man. No. It's these fun little things that get people engaged and give them an opportunity to do what they really want to do, which is yes. love being here. Yes. And love being a part of the family. It's amazing. All right, so this uh, this this conference is all about everything that we talked about, and in, and these speakers are incredible. You've got you've handpicked um, those people in the exhibit hall, and uh, it's it's a huge couple of days. It is a huge couple of days. We're even finalizing a well. I I say we like I have a mouse in my pocket all the time <laughs> because I feel like it gives me some kind of my staff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Which is your son. It's Misty Malone right. in her pajamas 90% of the time. But um, I'm finalizing a partnership with UNICEF, Kid Power. Yeah. And so um, and then so they're going to be there, which is really awesome because they have um, these brain breaks that they do that then unlock food for malnutrition in our kids that are everywhere. So they reached out to me and that was super, that was a win for me. You know, like my email from you, that was a win for me. And I feel like things are really starting to like, I can feel it coming together. And then I had um, lunch. I do have a friend, um, Shelly, that is working feverishly beside me for free just because she believes in everything I'm doing. Go Shelly. Yes. And so we were, we were talking about it and just talking about like the design of everything now. And we're looking at what we want the stage to be like and what's going to make that moment when they walk in and everybody's like, Oh, I'm being celebrated right now. This is huge, you know? And, and the, this is the place that they want to be every year from now on. That's my goal. And every year from now on, hopefully I'm giving more and more back and in great ways. And so I think that that's going to be. Hopefully. I'm so excited. All right. So I'm ready for you to double down. And it, again, I already doubled down my no, whole life. So we're going to do one. I want you to one just like you're doing and then do another one in the spring. What I always, what I always tell people is like, I do the work that people want in the fall in August. Mm-hmm. I do the work that people need in January. Really? You know, because that's when things just re- it's get so, oh, here we go. We're not even halfway through. <laughs> oh my God. And so man, and just having some sort of refresher, just put, just put that together real quick. Okay. <laughs> I'll tell you what, if if we get 
80% full, I'll do one in the spring. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Well, here's what I know. I know um, <laughs> teachers are talking about it, and I see people talking about registering. And we just talked about Heather, and I know she's got a whole crew coming. Yeah. And um, and I think it's going to be huge, man. I'm going to go see Heather. Yeah. You got one to come? I'm going to do it. We, yeah. we have a date coming up in you February. Do? Yeah, totally. You got to see it. Okay. It, will, it, it is a mind blower. Okay. You got to go. Yeah, I'm excited. Br- you better bring your camera. Bring, okay. bring it because you're going to take a ton of pictures, and you're going to tell everybody about what's going on over there. Yeah. It's awesome. Hey, listen, man. I um. I, I can't even I'm all right. I'm pretty good at a lot of things, but one of the things I'm not good at is trying to express my deep appreciation in like for this moment for you and all that you have going on and the sacrifice and how you go all in for pe you don't even know, you don't have like a direct relationship with these millions of kids that are gonna be directly impacted by the work that you do. I can't thank you enough and I love that I love what you do. Thank I you. love your effort. I love your heart and your soul and the sacrifice. And I love your boy for putting up with you. <laughs> you <know? laughs> so and your parents for making you. I think it's uh it's awesome. And um just speaking on behalf of educators, um we so deeply appreciate you. Thank you so much. You're Thanks welcome. for having me. Thanks for doing this. Yay. It's amazing. Appreciate it. You were worried. I was. <laughs> it was awesome, right? It was awesome. All right. Super awesome. Thank you. Hey, we'll do it again. Okay. As we get closer to that thing, because it's all August 5th and 6th, mm-hmm. is that right? Yep. All right, so we'll, we'll do this again, and uh, we'll, we'll reconnect and build up some more excitement and let people know what's going on. Okay. All right, you're awesome.